I'm not conceited. I'm convinced. And I'm Michael Hutchinson, the special guest. The special guest. How's things going, man? Ah, uh, everything's going pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, life is grand. I have a job. Ooh, Yay, yeah. job. And you seem so excited for it. Working in the wonderful post-production industry of Hollywood. I should be totally excited about it. I mean, there are people, uh, there are millions of people, or at least five or six people across the country who would die to be living in California and working in Hollywood. There's like 7.8% who are unemployed right now in the uh, United States who would probably like to have that job. Seven, So 7.8% or more would well, like that's to only have the, a job. Those are the only the ones that were currently looking last month. Uh, 7.8% were current. So the remainder on unemployment were not looking. If you are not looking for a job, you do not fall into that 7.8%. How do they know that you are looking? That I don't know. I don't know how. I, See, I was on unemployment for a couple of years. And uh, I mean, I... I did what they told me uh, to keep the checks flowing, but I didn't actually look. I enjoyed just collecting the unemployment check. I don't know if it's just people who are unemployed and they just don't go. I, I, they don't fill out the forms anymore. I don't know. Uh, well, you have to fill out the form. You have to claim you're looking. That you well, yeah, but if, if you don't week. have that insurance anymore, if you don't have unemployment, it ran out or whatever. I, I, I don't know how they decide but that was, that was the last numbers. Anyway, I, I get to work in Hollywood. I get to work in entertainment and I get to live in California. And so, uh, life is grand. It's, it's a good job. I'm working on a pilot at the moment. Um, and, uh, and yeah. what is a pilot for those people who don't know? Uh, well, a pilot, I'm actually working on a presentation for a pilot, but a pilot is, uh, the, an episode that gets put together of how the show is going to be made or, uh, the, how the final episode of the show will look. And then that pilot is usually presented to networks and the network execs get to see, uh, get a taste of the show. So it's a test run. Uh, oftentimes the pilot is aired and, uh, the pilot usually when you, the first episode of any show is usually the pilot episode. Cause then they go back and they shoot, uh, start continue shooting. But if they had to recast like in a scripted show, then the pilot often is never aired. Um, cause it wouldn't make sense that an episode one, uh, a character is is playing uh, Norm on Cheers in an episode two. It's a completely different Norm. Uh, so that's what a pilot is. Well, if you watch, anyone watches The New Girl, um, when that first came out, the pilot episode had um, Damon Damon Wayans, what's his, his son's name, who's now on Happy Endings, but the black guy, because there's three guys and the girl who live in the apartment. Yeah, I don't watch Happy Endings. I thought it was crap. But anyway. Well, anyway, uh, Day, the Wayans, whatever his his name mm-hmm. is. He was actually the, the black guy in the first episode. That was his character's as name, the, pilot. the black guy. Hey, well, I, in the I first episode, what, what his name was in there, but they changed him <laughs> out to, because if everyone saw the pilot, then after that, Hey, it's a new black guy. It's a new black guy. Um, I've kind of marveled at, uh, we, you and I talked before about Whitney. Um, you don't really like the show, but, uh, Deanna really likes the show and I think it's okay. So we watch it. I know. I think you didn't like two broke girls. Uh, I don't like either. You don't like either. Okay. Um, Whitney Two girls is horrible. Whitney, you could almost consider season one as a pilot. They just retooled that for season two and now three. Um, the friend who lives downstairs was a cop. Uh, they used to hang out at a bar. Now he's no longer a cop. He owns a bar. Um, <laughs> they added, they got rid of one of the girls, uh, was engaged to be married. I guess things just dynamics weren't working out with that. So they broke that off and she's now single. Uh, so they had, they replaced, they got rid of that cast guy completely needed to replace him. So they brought in a, uh, a, a, a black guy, the token black guy again, maybe he's a women's <laughs> brother, uh, who works at the bar. So he, he's now that replacement cast member, cast note member number six. And the interesting thing is, is even in like season, I guess we're in season three now. Um, in the first episode, when we introduced the bar and introduced the black guy, nobody knew who he was. Like they were introduced to him. Oh, this is, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, I want to say I'm Marcus. This is Marcus, um, my new employee or my new bartender. Right. So in episode one, two or three, they're sort of learning. Like Marcus tells stories of his background. Mm-hmm. Now we're in like episode, I don't know, 13, 14. And all of a sudden a storyline pops up where, uh, one of the main characters, Whitney's husband, who's an insanely great actor, um, has known Marcus since their childhood. They go way back. 
And uh, we're yeah. watching it, and I paused it, and I looked at Deanna, and I'm like, do they not watch the episodes that they make? <laughs> Are they- Let's bring a new writer on and just, just mix yeah. things up. We just make this shit up week by week. Like, And I get it where like the the Whitney's husband, I think, is probably one of the best unknown or fresh faces actors that I've seen. I'm so impressed with the guy. The guy's facial expressions and timing and everything is just stands out just great. I think I talked about that before with the, um, he, when he played like he was drunk and mm-hmm. was trying to make out with Whitney and, and slid his hand up the pillowcase and then just said, there it is. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, so brilliant. He was so good at it. And in a lot of episodes you can see, uh, they cut away pretty quickly, but you can see where he genuinely breaks Whitney, where she starts laughing. It's a, a genuine laugh versus a, you know, a, a screen laugh. Um, and a couple of times they've left it in. That dude is fucking hilarious. So, and then the blonde girl on it's really good. And I do like Whitney. Um, so I think overall the network was like, okay, we've got a solid cast of likable people. We just don't have good material or a good <laughs> setting. How do we turn this into friends without calling it friends? <laughs> like, how do we? Everybody this? wants that friends. Er, well, happy friends. ending is friends. Yeah, it, it is. It's like you get three guys and three girls, and you know, put them in a situation and cross your fingers. Although uh, in my defense of what I like on TV and what you like on TV, you like up all night and that got canceled. And I didn't think that was very good. <laughs> and I, I do kind of like Whitney and it's still running. So apparently America, I actually, I, uh, I watched up all night. I didn't say I was a big fan of it. I said it was on when it was on. I, I watch it. Mm. Um, it ain't going to be on anymore. Uh, well, I know. Well, Christina Applegate left. Well, Will Arnett left. He's well, on another show. <laughs> well, but he, she, she didn't like the way the writing was going, so she quit. So, uh, oh, is that the? the so then there, he was still on at the point at that point, and he's like, "What the hell are you supposed to do?" Oh, okay. she was the first one to go. She didn't like the writing. So, are there episodes without her? That I don't know. Oh, I, didn't, I don't yeah, know if it was before the filming. Yeah, or I what think happened. it was. But she had creative differences, so she left. I'm like, well, the whole show is about her, so well, her and Will. Right. Well, yeah. And so, yeah, without her, I mean, you couldn't recast her. No, you can't just, oh, look, this is the new wife. Let's just pretend she's the old one. And they really did fuck up that show because when they canceled her talk show, uh, then then Christina no longer had a job. So now it's, it's Christina and Will, who's a lawyer. They both don't work now and they have a kid. And I mean, I know that he could have made a fortune as a lawyer and I know what she gets paid as a producer of a show. Well, he's a contractor. Isn't that what he well, does? that's what he started doing on the show is yeah. Him and her brother or something. I don't know. Or his it's her, brother. It's her brother. It's her uh, brother. yeah. Started a, a, a construction, construction company. company. So you know more about it than I do. Right. <laughs> but even that, well, cause I pay attention to this stuff cause I'm always interested in the writing and the technical aspects of making things. Bring back sport night. Uh, sport night was good. Um, Anyway, so yeah, so he was a lawyer, but you know, people typically don't want to watch shows about lawyers. I, I, I mean, uh, or yeah. like How I Met Your Mother. Barney is a lawyer, and he's sleazy, so that's fun. And then Marshall is a lawyer, but he's the you know Greenpeace lawyer, so that's okay. And that's their way of getting away why these people never work. But in Up All Night, you literally got to a point where neither one of them had jobs. I don't know that America is necessarily connecting with (laughs) it's enough of a stretch that, you know, these people are always hanging out together that, you know, they never, nobody works. Um, I used to love, uh, what was the, uh, Ray Romano, uh, show, Ray, Ray, everybody loves Raymond. (laughs) Uh, I can remember his name. Everybody loves Raymond. Um, the, the whole, the TV kid aspect is at its best in that show you the kids are only there when you need them for an episode you would be sitting there wherever yeah it was like hey don't they have kids yeah they didn't need it in the (laughs) script they just so they're just not there show up every once in a while every once in a while and you know the kids are always upstairs and it's just you wrote them in for convenience and if life was only that way um so you write in the job only for convenience that was my connection on those two um but since we are talking about TV, two best shows on TV or two funniest shows on TV and Practical Jokers. And Archer. Oh, fuck no. <sighs> Practical Archer. Jokers and Duck Dynasty. <laughs> I love Archer. Uh, I don't even know what Archer is. 
Oh, it's a it's a comedy. It's on uh, FX. It's a uh, animated. Uh, Sterling Archer. They're they're ISIS. That is their company. Mom owns it, and they're like spies. And he's just such sarcastic ass. It's just so funny. Okay, got to watch Archer. What is it? Season one? No, we're on season four. All right. I want to say. I'll look it up. I'll see. Um, but for me so far, uh, I always crack up in a practical jokers. Yeah. I can't it make it through an episode of practical <laughs> jokers without laughing and laughing hard many times, like have to pause the TV and catch my breath. That shit is so funny. And duck dynasty, same way. Um, I wouldn't say every episode I got to catch my breath, but there's a lot of episodes of that shit. That's funny. It's just funny. Um, and duck dynasty. I, I'm, I really marvel at duck dynasty because it's sort of a new version of reality TV. Um, they are clearly, it's clearly a setup, whatever they're doing, whatever crazy thing is happening this week is not like, um, not like watching most reality shows where they kind of wait around for something to happen. Um, I don't watch a lot of reality, uh, but like the Kardashians, whenever I've seen it, and I guess they set up the Kardashians now too. Um, anyway, duck dynasty, it is blatantly a setup. We're going to have a party for our 40th anniversary this week. Um, and the, we're going to make wine by the end we're gonna, of the week. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make wine. Yeah, I bought a winery. That's another episode. Um, you know, we're going to go, you know, uh, get frogs, steal frogs from the golf course. So we got to go golfing first at the golf course. Shit like that. Just obvious setups. We're going to have a garage sale. Um, but the the it comes out in that these people are just genuinely funny. Like, I don't give a shit about the setup. It's like a sitcom, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a setup. It's just now make me laugh. And the impressive part about Duck Dynasty is I know they don't have a team of writers sitting in a room trying to come up with jokes for, you know, Cy and Phil and Willie and Jace to say. It's just they're these dudes are genuinely <laughs> fucking <just> funny. funny. <laughs> um, so you put them in any situation and they're just going to be funny. Uh, so yeah. And, and I find like watching modern family, which is actually probably the greatest show on TV. I, I do love modern family. I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I said impractical jokers and the other one, but modern family is fantastic, but modern family has created this hybrid reality sitcom. They, it is all scripted, but they make it look like reality. Well, the office is one that really started something like that though. Um, I guess, uh, I always thought the office was shit. I was not a big fan either. I I watched the British version and I thought it was shit. And to me, it looks like the office to me looks like indie television making like, you know, some kids with a camera that were just like, we just got out of film school and we got this idea. Isn't everything that happens in an office really funny? No, it is in the office. Actually, I don't know. I've, I've seen only a handful of episodes because I wasn't that impressed with it. I've watched about six. I've forced myself through it because everybody has thought it was so great. I've probably watched like three American and three of the uh, UK one and just thought it was shit. But the UK one, it's because the British humor is just so much different. Well, and but that's okay. I mean, like uh, Faulty Towers, Basil, fucking hilarious. If you've never seen it. I have seen a couple uh, episodes of that. Okay. I mean, there is UK humor that I like. I just think in the case of The Office, like, I don't, and I guess part of it is I've never worked in an office like that. I get, I work in an office. I sort of now as in post-production, but the politics aren't the same as I, as like if you work in insurance in a cubicle. I've never worked in something like that. Um, but as I also watch it, I don't relate because I would just be like, fuck this. You guys are morons. Or, you know, I just shut my door or just stay out of this stupidity. Um, although I've worked in a situation like Duck Dynasty, you know, a warehouse type situation. And uh, I've worked with people where you start inventing games where you put someone in a desk chair and spin them around a thousand times. And then they have uh, to pick up That sounds like dark. us when we go to the Mardi Gras on those places. <laughs> right. The cross toss. <laughs> exactly. I always thought if someone is following us around on those, because we had so much fun. Uh, yeah. Clint and I. The reality yeah, show. Yeah, all, the, making... all, the, yeah, all the banter we had, all the jokes and... It was so much fun. And that's part of Duck Dynasty. Like, there's an episode where uh, Cy is like, you, we spend so much time with each other that we literally can talk about anything. And the discussion was words that they hate. Coupon. And <laughs> I always thought coupon was a weird word. <laughs> I never liked coupon. And that's, and that's true. That'd be stuff we talk about. Yeah, you spend so much time with people that you just random, you start talking about things that just don't, 
I don't know. They're not about anything, which is Seinfeld. Uh, so, which was a pilot that got canceled. It was. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, but Modern Family is very slick, very much the uh, Cosby show or Family Ties, the family sitcom, or uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, but then it has this reality aspect where they look at the camera on occasion, and then obviously they talk to the camera. Uh, so Duck Dynasty to me I think is the opposite. It's reality TV with like the scripted aspect of it um, and just a, a hybrid between the two. So anyway, that's well, – There's your rant. <laughs> I don't know that it was a rant. We were just we were talking about TV, so I brought up Duck Dynasty. Yeah. And we were on pilots. And oh. I forgot, well, because we, we were talking about your job. Yeah. So we're like, what, um, 10 minutes, 15 minutes into it, talking about your job and pilots? I, I No, we're longer than that. I don't know. What are we? I can't say. <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't. We are 15 minutes in. You have a good sense of time. Um, You had your birthday party last night. I did. I went to Howl at the Moon. You are how old? I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn the time of this, I will be 43. You were pushing. We're over the hill. Well, you're, I'll right. be over the hill in a few months. That's I'm still right. 39. I'm a young buck. Um, but uh, so do you feel the midlife crisis? Do you feel uh, it's time to get an 18-year-old girl in a 50-year-old car? Hmm. <laughs> no, you know, cause I, <laughs> I've, change, I've, hung, right? I've hung out with some, some uh, young girls, and I think they're idiots, so I don't think that would happen. <laughs> but that's what happens, right? You, you, you get rid of you – know, when you're 39, you have a young car and an old wife, and then when you turn 40, you get a, a young wife <laughs> and an old car. car. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I did drive the 67 Camaro to, to the studio today. That is true. Um, so, yeah, you know, I got the Harley, so that midlife crisis there is over with also. I have the boat. I have – I don't know. I mean, I like that that RV that studio went to, and that the guy had the RV. I'd like one of those for the river. Can that be my midlife crisis? Oh, oh, yeah. We went uh, we went to a uh, LA Castle Studios here and uh, did a, took a tour of it, and there was this awesome RV that they had for um, guests. But anyhow, yeah. So anyway, it's like know. if you watch Duck Dynasty, it's like Willie's RV. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I don't think I'm having a midlife crisis anytime soon. I don't feel like yeah. it. It's, I've done a lot of stuff in my life, so I don't feel like I've been stuck in my cubicle for so long and I'm going to die soon or anything like that. So I don't see it coming. Oh, I guess I kind of, I sort of have that feeling like, uh, I, well, we've talked about before with uh, movie making, like it's just sort of passing me by. So, uh, you know, I got to do something with it or I got to, you know, make something, make something out of my life. Um, but I don't know. I, is that the midlife crisis? I don't know, isn't it? Like you, you feel like you have to do something. I don't know. I like. I got a lot of toys. I have a lot of stuff. I'm constantly doing stuff. You know? I feel like I don't do enough each day. I always feel that way, and I've felt that way for a very long time. Like I can't get enough accomplished. Um, and I always marvel, like when people, when I sort of when I meet people and I have to give them the rundown resume of myself, uh, things I've worked on and books and all that sort of stuff. Like, man, you I got so impressed. You're so busy. When we posted the 20th anniversary of the podcast, um, I had gotten a couple of messages from people and, and people said, wow, you just, you're always cranking stuff out. And I'm just, I, I sort of look at them and I think, wow, you must really be fucking lazy. Because like, I think of myself <laughs> as cubicle, being, I go home and I watch yeah, TV. Exactly. There's my day. I think of myself as being lazy and I feel like I don't get anything accomplished. So if you think I'm accomplished, wow, you must really do fucking nothing. Um, so, and maybe that's it. I, I, there's certainly an enviness of that. If you can go to work, come home and, you know, do nothing, uh, absorb sports. Yeah. I support So I sort of suppose is what your life is like, right? I mean, you go to work, you come home, you go to fucking trivia and then you, uh, watch football. Well, lately I go to work and then I go to golf and then <laughs> Yeah, okay. I go Let's to the gym. Let's become more active. Um, and they had to do trivia. Yeah, I've, I've had some friends. You guys never home. You always out doing something. I'm like, I, I don't feel like I'm out doing stuff. I guess I am. Like my like my birthday. I don't really feel like uh, you're never home, uh, although your accessibility has uh, become limited. Um, if I had it my way, you would have never have gotten married. <laughs> but I couldn't do anything about that. Damn it. <laughs> Um, but, and I think we've talked about that previously that, uh, you know, you got a wife now. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had your, you had your birthday and, uh, you sent out an invite to it. 
I did. I sent out a text to <laughs> for my birthday party saying, so I, it's, it's Hell at the Moon. And they give these these parties away, mm-hmm. right? So I, I gave them a call. To, I gave them a call Friday night and said, "Hey, you know, I'm having some people come over tomorrow, and uh, you know, can I get one of those parties?" I left a message. They called me back. Said, "Yes, you're on the list." Blah blah blah. So I sent out the text saying it was because they avid podcast listeners, right? <laughs> so they knew exactly who I was. So they set us up with a party. All the party means is between six and nine. There's no cover charge if you mention my name. You get uh, dollar drinks. Um, until nine, I get two coupons for dollar drinks until nine. Um, and then there's $3 well and $3 something else. Martin, who paid for most of our drinks last night. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, he's, he was ecstatic. He, he's like, when he got the bill at the end of the night, it was a hundred bucks. We went to city walk, universal city walk. We were all pretty plastered mm-hmm. and he's like, it's only a hundred bucks. Really? And he was, he was excited. That it was only a hundred bucks. I, like, I think he tipped out. I think he said he tipped out like 40 or 50 bucks also. Oh, he bought Deanna like $11. Well, Deanna had five drinks, which it would became 11 bucks. But afterwards, <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah. City walk on a Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. But of course the whole aspect of the party and, and pre-ranging the party is because then they know that you're going to bring people in. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just that. I mean, we spent uh 30 bucks at, uh, the restaurant, Carl Strauss, and then another $7 on parking. So, I mean, all that money adds up and comes in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. What did we'll you do spend it. on parking? Um, did you general park or valet? Well, because we were Sean who had his handicapable handy placard. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know what we paid. We paid for regular. We paid for regular, but we get up front because it's right. uh, handicapped. Um. I went for valet, which it, if you park in general, it's 10 bucks. If you valet, it's seven as long as you leave before three hours. So right. I knew we were going to leave before three hours. So it's cheaper. That's a good valet. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. <clears throat> so yeah, I, we had, you know, it, for as, as little as it was, we did have a good time. I did get pretty drunk, which was fine because I, I did kill my dog. You killed your dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was for people who don't realize these podcasts were just recorded back to back. So uh, yesterday you killed your dog and celebrated your birthday, although they'll be a week apart when they finally listen to <laughs> yes. this. Um, uh, yeah. E- and you danced. Uh, you, you danced. <laughs> Apparently there's a video of me up there dancing. Yes. There is a video. Of uh, I did not. I don't even know how I ended up there. And everyone kept pushing yeah. everyone in my party. Cause we had what I have maybe. 15 people there for my party, I guess. A lot of people showed up, including some celebrities. That's right, which I was impressed by. I didn't even realize he was coming. Usually it doesn't come out. No, he doesn't. Um, And I I found it interesting uh, because G.W. Bailey, it's Martin's father, uh, who is on uh, Major Crimes. He's on Major Crimes. He was on The Closer, uh, which turned into Major Crimes. He was in MASH. He was uh, um, Police Academy for anybody who ever remembers those movies. Um, mannequin captain harris he his head went up the horse's ass and police <laughs> academy um I, I i thought it was interesting that nobody recognized him i was curious about that i was like you know I, I, is he recognized i know in some circumstances he is and how he, he usually is and i i think that in if there's an older crowd because i think there's a little bit of younger crowd there right so all uh, all old people look the same to the well no but i think some of it has to do with the fact that major crimes is more of a drama that you know the age range the demographics i think are different know what i'm saying okay I but i i still think cuz he did, he is noticeable when we go out and hang out you know people always and but he's he's one of these guys that you at first you look at going i know him from somewhere oh yeah yeah but i i can't place I it from, yeah exactly yeah. he's not like the the major star but he's like, yeah, I, I know you. I, right. I just don't know where. Yeah. And you also, yeah, because it's not like uh, he's a he's a named star. Like you, people know. Oh, that's Tom Cruise, or yeah. that's you Kevin know, Bacon. That's Kevin like, Bacon, exactly. Um, they're just like, oh, that dude is in stuff that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Character actor more so. Although he's not quite. He's not a character. He's more than a character actor. But he used to be though. He was he was pretty typecast as a character actor for a while. So is John C. Riley. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the, the major crimes got picked. He said it was the first time in television history. Uh, they they were signed for nineteen. They got picked up for five no, more. They something. signed for thirteen and got oh, that's what picked they, up for four. No. Somehow thirteen and they got picked up to nineteen. Yeah, and then they got picked up 
to 20 something. No, uh, that is, I think they're at 19 now. If everything goes well, then next year they'll get, uh, uh, they'll make television history again and get picked up for a 22. Cause he said this year they're running from summer through almost to Christmas with their episodes, okay. which is also a, and you know, unfortunately for him, well, I mean, it's great that he's working, but it's not, uh, it, it being cable television, not a network, uh, he'd be making a hell of a lot more money. Uh, yeah, but he's making, Oh, he I'm not saying he's not doing it. well. He's, yeah. he's making, he, he makes good money. I don't we know what he makes per episode. Too. He, he does, he does well, but had it been a network, he would be making a lot more money and he gets residuals right. on this. He, he doesn't get residuals. So anytime someone else buys it or something like that, he doesn't get anything else from it. Right. It's a buyout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's the same thing with me. I mean, the show that I'm working on right now, if it was a network show in union, I would be making a hell of a lot more money. Uh, but Hey, you know, you get to work in Hollywood. Yep. So, good for me. Andy was going to come too, my Oscar award winning friend. Right. Uh, he, but he has a call he's, time at six thirty. major crimes as well, right? Yeah. He's the line producer. Um, so people didn't understand that you were celebrating the anniversary of your birthday. Yeah. My text, so I sent out a text saying, which I forgot what it all says, but it said something about come celebrate my anniversary to my birthday. Right. Um, and then I got these texts, Hey, congratulations on your anniversary and your birthday. Didn't realize it fell at the same time. I'm like, no, it's the anniversary to my birthday, not my anniversary and my birthday. I, you know, you get married once, you have anniversaries after that. You get born once, you have anniversaries to your birthday, right? Right. I mean, I, I, maybe my friends just aren't that bright. Maybe that's what it is. When, when I sent out the, uh, e, the invite, the event for the 20th anniversary of the podcast, uh, and it was at 1 o'clock, um, my wife just sent me a text that says, okay, I'm in the parking lot drooling. <laughs> that's, that's what oh, the text says right. from hmm. my wife. Um, maybe Brad Pitt's there. Uh, she said on my way home, I responded, okay, we are podcasting. And she just responded, oh, okay. I'm in the parking lot drooling. Is she in the parking lot of the studio staring at the, my, the Camaro again? Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> she's drooling at the Camaro she's, outside the, the 67. Okay. So she's about to walk in. That makes <laughs> sense now. Um, anyway, I sent out the, uh, the event for our 20th anniversary podcast that was going on Facebook and it was going to start at one o'clock and I got people who responded that they couldn't make it. (laughs) And I was like, do you not understand that it's a podcast? So it goes up at one, (laughs) but it will be there for eternity. And apparently people didn't understand that. Then I ran into a few other people who I'm Facebook friends with and they said, uh, that they thought it was a party. And I, that there was a location. And I was like, I put location worldwide. <laughs> and then there celebrating was everywhere. There was an address and it was for a podcast. So clearly, but I, I don't know. I guess uh, people just read things quickly and make a, a quick interpretation of it uh, I, and move on. And I, I don't know. Um, people of stupidity. <laughs> my, my friends just aren't that bright. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or they're just not thorough. Maybe that's it. I mean, it's not necessarily a bright thing. They're just not that just thorough. skimmed it. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, you danced and uh, apparently I did. Yes. Uh, there was some dancing going on. I, uh, I, I, I I'm, I'm very, very grateful that I have such great friends who actually came out and hung out with me and cause it was very spur of the moment. It was, you know, like what I sent the text out Thursday, Friday, no, you sent it out. I got it during that day, unless I was just not that. Well, didn't I send list. something saying that we might be doing something Saturday night? No, no, oh, maybe. I, so I, I guess I wasn't <laughs> that important to get a pretext. Sure? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Uh, I thought Friday I sent something out saying hey, we might be doing something going down to Hollywood, or uh, I don't know. Um, I remember whatever. sending one out to Clint because he said before I was talking to him about pub crawling in Hollywood. We thought about doing that, then we decided Hell at the Moon. Uh, so Clint, oh, so Clint, why didn't Clint show? Uh, Clint had a birthday party at a uh, supper club with somebody. Oh, I, I did get a, uh, on the 12th, come hang out and celebrate my anniversary to my birthday tomorrow at Hell at the Moon. Nine-ish can pregame here if you want. Yeah, see, I responded Saturday night. Okay, see, for me, that's why I'm fucked up, because I'm working nights now. So five, seven o'clock one night to five o'clock in the morning. I, I don't know if I work. Is that Friday or Saturday? 
I'm not sure what day it is. So my question to you was Saturday night and you said, yep. So I was like, okay, I think I know when that is. And I think I'm not working. Uh, so yeah, Clint couldn't make it. He had something else that was more important than us. Yeah. Which is usual. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, you know, it was a great time and I was really impressed that GW showed up. I had, I've known GW for years, uh, since I was five. Um, and I had no idea he wasn't invited. It's not like I texted him and said, Hey, we're going to be there. Just, uh, just happened to show up. I mean, he knew we were there. Martin told him we were going to be there. Oh, you didn't send him the t- the nope, evite. There's, there's no invite. So Martin had uh, sent him the evite. He said he was going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Howl at the Moon, for people who don't know, is a, a piano bar, a dueling piano bar, dueling piano bar. And what is a dueling piano bar? That means there are two pianos that they. I don't know why they really call duel because they don't really duel together, but they play together and they sang songs and uh, go back and forth. Well, uh, but there's no winner, so it's not really a duel. There are, I have been to better dueling piano bars uh, than Howl at the Moon. Howl at the Moon is a franchise now. Uh, there's locations all over. Um, and better dueling piano bars, they actually do duel, do sort of a uh, um, dueling banjos thing back and forth between each other, plus sing songs. Howl at the Moon, um, probably a little more commercialized version of it yeah they play you know they play songs about a minute of each song sometimes a full song but a lot of times it's like shortened and then they go on to the next songs it's all requests as the night goes on uh yeah they the pianos only play the guys at the pianos and the people are girls who are singing only play pretty much the chorus and the the part that everybody knows so everyone Everyone sings along and it's karaoke from your seat (laughs) yelling while drinking um to the pianos that are playing and it's a, a hell of a lot of fun i love it uh, always, I've been to Howl at the Moon now many times. Uh, big fan of the dueling pianos, piano bars. Uh, but last night I was watching the, uh, they, and I've seen this many times before, the people who play, there was two girls actually, that's the first time I've ever seen the girls uh, as part of the dueling pianos. It's usually guys. Uh, but there were two girls playing. And one apparently does not work for Carl Strauss because you asked her about um, yeah, <laughs> if she get your I felt sandwich. Bad. Yeah, this girl uh, walked up to the piano, uh, or walked past me on her way to the piano, and she had an iPad in her hand. <laughs> so I was like, "Are you the waitress?" And she looked at me, and she's like, "No." And then she turned out to be one of the performers, and it wasn't. And I'm sure, like, she's thinking, "Fucker just thought I was a waitress because I'm a girl or something like that." <laughs> and it's no, it's because you were holding an iPad. Like people don't come to bars. I guess maybe people will probably start coming to bars, but in my mind, people don't come to bars with their iPads. Yeah, but they did. It's amazing. That everyone with their iPads use them as cameras. Yeah, like, it's a really bulky go, fucking camera. But though. you see people, I don't know if you've seen, but you go yeah. to places and they carry their iPads to take pictures. I'm like, really? You can't find something smaller? Yeah, like your phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she had an iPad, so I thought maybe that was her way of ordering. And oh, yeah, she wasn't. She turned out to be a performer. <laughs> Um, a cute girl, a fabulous ass. It was a waif then just, you know, as we talked about before. Um, anyway, they play the piano. Then they also play the bass and the guitar and the drums and they rotate around. You'll get, uh, uh, two people will be up playing the piano and they will be, uh, you'll sing another star that does this. You really love by any chance. Another star that does what plays instruments, different instruments and sings. You've talked about him several oh, times. Are we talking about Bieber? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Bieber's caliber is way more than this. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, so two people will play piano and you'll listen from your seats. And then those two people will, uh, or two, the, the replacement people after a set will come up and join in on the guitar and the bass. And then they'll switch and they'll take over the piano. Well, the two people that were on the piano are now guitar and bass. So anyway, so there's no downtime throughout the whole night. No doubt. Oh, yeah. So it's not like a set with people singing and they go yeah. off for 15 minutes to a live band. They're always on. Constant music. And, and it's very impressive that to do this, you need to know the words to all of the songs. You need to, and I mean, all like they'll play, uh, they'll play 200 songs in a night because um, mm-hmm. they do just play a minute of the song. Um, so you need to know all the words to all the songs. Plus, you need to know how to play those songs on the piano, on the bass, on the guitar, and on the drums. These are very talented people who were working in a bar on City Walk <laughs> for tips. That's right. And, and like you said, there's what, seven of them, I think, that kind of rotate around or something like that. There's And probably a nightly wage, but it can't be, I mean, it can't be much. It's, probably know. not because we're in Hollywood and 
yeah, uh, we'll find someone else. Yeah, they'll do it. It's probably a dime a dozen. Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. But uh, and then even the waitresses, because you know, there's a couple waitresses who come on up there and belt songs out. Yeah, there's some. Well, that's more of a common thing here in Hollywood because most of our waiters and waitresses are actors and actresses, so they tend to be trained in dance, singing and dancing as well. It's still pretty impressive. It is when whenever you see your wait staff get up there and <laughs> singing, you're like, holy crap, they're talented. But then. Uh, you turn on American Idol or The Voice or whatever, and you see all sorts of people who are talented at singing. And apparently singing and uh, performing music is not the talent that it used to be because it sure seems like there's a whole mess of people who can do it pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't always see someone who can do it fantastically like that. Uh, what was the British woman's name on America's Got Talent that captivated everybody? Oh, uh really ugly. I can't think of her name now. Yeah. Anyway, she sang the song from cats. Is it? I don't know. I can't, can't think of her name. Yeah. That's what happens when you don't prepare for a podcast. (laughs) Um, we didn't know we were going to her anyway. I just, it seems so sad that, uh, there are people who are this talented. Of course, maybe I just view it as talent because it's something I can't do. Uh, I think that's what most people view talent as, right? Well, it is. Yeah. Uh, if it's something I can't do, then wow, that's talented. <laughs> if it's something I can't do, then you know it's no big deal. Um, but uh, they seem to be talented. They seem to be work hard at it. Uh, and for the vast majority of them, like ninety nine point nine 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 percent, they're never going to go anywhere. Nope. I mean, look at all those people on American Idol or or even The Voice that America's Got Talent. America's or- Got Talent. They sound. <laughs> they sound good. There's nothing wrong with their sound. They just, they're, you know, they're, I don't know. They're not great. Occasionally you hear that one person that is just phenomenal. And the British woman is a good example of that. Of course, her big problem was her look. She didn't look good. Uh, We used to be friends. It's been a while since we saw her, but uh, we were friends with a girl who had a band here and very creative songs, very creatively performed. Uh, she was very unattractive, though, and because of that, there was no way the band was ever going to make it. I mean, she just was not going to be the. You're not going to put her on an album cover, mm-hmm. and vice versa. I've and seen she's great on air personality on the radio. Yeah, she was also a radio personality. Um, there's been people like on America's Got Talent. I remember there was like this uh, girl who left her home at 17. Susan Boyle. Susan Boyle, that's who you're. Yeah, you looked it up. <laughs> I didn't look it up actually. I just, just it finally came to yeah, you. Like that's what it is. Sorry. Um, uh, there's a girl on America's Got Talent that uh, she became one of the finalists a few years ago, but she sung very well, but she was gorgeous. And for that alone, I was like, oh, she's gonna she's gonna have a record deal, and she went on to get one mm-hmm. because it's the look. Uh, yeah, I can put her on you know on an album cover or on a CD cover. And as long as she sounds good, we're going to sell a bunch of these things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of sad. Sometimes you sound great, but you just don't have the look for the way that you sound. If Janis Joplin was alive today, oh. starting her career, I don't think she'd make it. Absolutely not. Um, but that goes for a lot of people back then. They, the, you could have a band that we never knew what the band looked like. There were never, we had crazy album artwork and stuff. There was no internet. There was no television where they where little bands got played all the time to where how the hell do you know what led how do you know what led zeppelin looks like Mm -hmm. in 19 you know 79 um most of their albums i don't even know if any of their albums had images of them i don't know pink Um, floyd i don't know all those images on pink floyd yeah well kiss was you know blatantly showing this is what we look (laughs) like well this is what we look like with makeup Uh uh-huh um so yeah piano ball bar performers yeah so it was a good night I had, I had a lot of fun i oh i i found some stuff called hangover prevention formula did uh, it work it, it works awesomely I, I started taking it in houston and uh and you can get it over the counter it's it's from the prickly pear cactus uh it has some kind of tex oe i think is what the the stuff that however they synthesize it okay uh lasts for three days what do you mean last for three days? Last for three days. So I can drink tonight again and get totally drunk and tomorrow morning I won't have any kind of symptoms of a hangover. Is it a pill or what? Yeah, you take two pills. Well, it's one pill for every 150 pounds. So I took two. Okay. But, it, you know, your stomach doesn't feel bad. You don't have the headache, any of that kind of stuff. Has have has Carrie taken this? She has not. I, I just found out about it at Houston. 
Well, Houston was a week ago. It was a week ago. So I told her about it. She didn't. So you're the only one who's taking it. I'm the only and one. And Brian, I guess, is taking it. No, I don't think. Uh, no, I so don't how think did who who sold you on this in Houston? Uh, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. I knew that I was going to be drinking in Houston. Okay. Because last time I we drank way too much. We didn't right. drink close to well, what we drank last time. When Brian gets off of work, his friends are <laughs> at a bar. Um, but I, I, I got this thing from men's health magazine. I was, and so I started doing some research and I talked about how, um, this hangover prevention formula stuff and what's in it. So I started doing some research and I'm like, you know, checking out the reviews. So I, I'm like, yeah, why not? Cause last time I had a rough time over there in Houston and uh, I'm like, Houston, hey, I we tried. have a problem. Yeah. So I've tried it. I'm like it lasts for three days. It was awesome. Love the stuff. Okay. So this morning woke up, I think I may still have been a little drunk, but there was nothing <laughs> Where, do you, where do you, what is this stuff called? It's hangover prevention formula. And where do you get it? At? I got it at Ralph's. What a terrible name. Hangover prevention formula. HPF. That's it. HPF. God, they should be able to come up with a better name than that. Um, I don't know, but it's, it's all natural and it seemed to do a great job. And it stays with you for three days. It stays with you for three days. All right. Did you, have you suffered from hangover problems in the past? You know, sometimes not. I, I very rarely, but you know, sometimes the upset stomach. I really don't feel. I, I've never had the oh, I can't get up. Oh, loud noises, anything like that. But I get like the stomach <laughs> problems. So that, that's the main reason why I took it is because I don't like waking up. You know? Loud noises. <laughs> loud, loud, loud noises. <laughs> exactly. But no, I've, I've never had anything like that. I've never had the days where I'm like, oh, I drank too much last night and I can't get out of my bed. I can't do anything. So I've never done that. Yeah, I've never had that either, but I don't I don't drink enough to I I don't know. I don't know who experiences the hangover. If you're a serious alcoholic, do you not? Or is it like in that borderline phase? Um I See, mean I, I think if you're a serious alcoholic, you probably don't. I think it's the binge drinkers like myself. Which was funny, I was I I was talking to another girl who was supposed to show up last night. She texted me and said she couldn't. Anyway, she uh she's like According to your posts, you guys must, you must drink all the time. Cause all my posts are like, Hey, I'm out doing this. I'm out doing this drinking, having a good time. So everyone thinks right. I'm this alcoholic. I know you are. <laughs> We've talked about this in previous podcasts. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. Like I'm not, mm. that was funny. Well, I'm uh, just a binge drinker. I don't drink every day. It's odd that, um, alcoholics, I mean, <laughs> your alcoholics are always the first to admit that they're alcoholics. I mean, they, they, that's a guarantee. I mean, drinkers, they never say they don't have a problem ever, ever. So yeah. I know you don't have a problem. <laughs> I don't have a problem. Yeah. Um, when I drink or when I've gotten binge drunk and gotten drunk, which has been a while now, uh, the uh, following morning, I mean, yeah, I may not feel good, but it's less about uh, I'm sick from the alcohol or, you know, my head is rocking and more about what I actually did. Like, you know, I just sort of raked my body through the coals that night or even how at the moon I had two glasses of wine last night. When we left, and particularly when we got in the car and it was quiet, you could hear how fucked up your hearing was from being by that blazing noise. Uh-huh. So there have been following the following morning, particularly even after concerts, where my head hurts not because I'm hungover, but because I just was in you know a thousand decibel the ears are still ringing. Yeah, tenderness. Yeah, so. Uh, which uh, we, I think we've talked about in previous podcasts that I wear earplugs at concerts. Yep. I do too. Yeah. Um, you know, Hey, make fun of me, whatever. Exactly. <clears throat> if so I forgot the earplugs, I'll, stu- I'll stuff napkins in there. I want to hear <laughs> me too. And that was tough at Howl at the moon because the music is loud, but you still got to talk to each other. Um, so you really can't wear earplugs cause then you really can't hear anything anybody's saying. Um, but this morning when I woke up, I thought that I, I was like, Oh fuck, I've got a cold. I'm sick. I think I got sick last night just because I was yelling at people so you could have a conversation mm-hmm. and my throat just hurt and it's gotten better as you know, the morning has gone along Yeah, mine's kind of hoarse still. Yeah. And that's frightening. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be sick. God damn it. That's right. You have a job to go to. I do. I got to work. Someone's got a, well, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> I have no reason to work. Um, so, uh, so yeah, what else, man? Uh, yeah, well, they, they think that's it for leading up to me. What about you and your, what's the exciting what's, thing? That was um, the exciting thing. I said it. The party was fun. Drank a lot. The bill was cheap. Yep. That's pretty much it right there. That pretty much wraps up your I, life. I you're, think so. You're an alcoholic that you won't admit it. 
Yet <laughs> it's funny. You said you were claiming in this girl that you're not an alcoholic, yet you searched out a pill to help you with your alcoholism, to help you drink more. <laughs> so I could drink to more. To cope with your drinking. Because there's certain people that I, I know that I drink more with. I'm sure that's that somehow qualifies as an addiction or a problem. <laughs> it is. Uh, binge drinking is a problem, and it's worse. It would probably be better if I didn't binge drink. Like during the week, I'll drink Wednesdays. I'll have a couple of beers at Trivia. Right. But I don't drink Monday, Tuesday, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday. Usually don't have a drink unless we go out somewhere. And Saturday, I may or may not, depending on if we do poker or do go out somewhere. Sunday, I don't sit around and drink. Well, I, I drink much more rarely than that. <laughs> and even when I do drink, it certainly isn't binge drinking. I don't drink to the point of getting hammered. A um, couple of glasses of wine, and that's probably the extent of it. Yeah, well. I don't, I don't think it's much funner. Deanna had like five vodka and cranberries last night. And she was having a good time and she didn't want to leave, but she had to work. So that's why we had to leave. Uh, plus, if you go over three hours of parking, then it goes from <laughs> seven bucks to 15. And you don't want that. They're fuckers about it too. Like at three hours and one minute, you're at 15 bucks. Um, so you got to get out before you hit that. <laughs> got to go, got to go. Yeah. Um, so I had my phone set for uh, a quarter till and uh, 20 till. <laughs> So I was like, all right, it's time to wrap this up and get the fuck out of here so we can get our car. Because um, at that point, I might as well stay an additional hour if I'm going to pay another $7 or $8. Anyway, she had like four vodka, five vodka cranberries um, and was a happy camper and, uh, you know, would have stayed and had a fun time. Um, I don't know. To me, I had a fun time anyway. It didn't matter whether I was having getting drunk or not. Although I do like getting drunk, but I don't need to get drunk to have a good time. No, me either. I just no. I think you do. <laughs> no, I, I can't I get time without. I don't think I've seen you have a good time in many years, unless there was some sort of alcohol in your hand. But I don't have to get drunk. There's a difference between drinking and getting drunk. I don't know. I think it's the same thing. I mean, you're if you are. Uh, I go over to poker at your house, and I sit down and make a conscious decision to play poker and have fun and bullshit and have a good time. And I'm I have coffee. That's what was in my hand. That's what I arrived with. Or or a Coke or water or iced tea. So I didn't make any sort of decision when I sat down to say, oh, I should probably have a beer since I'm going to, you know, now communicate with these people or whatever, loosen up. I don't know. I just go with what I came with. You, on the other hand, are like, all right, well, I got to cope with Martin and Vince. Let's start <laughs> drinking. Uh, let's crack open a, a brewski. Sometimes that's true. Hey, how come uh, how come girls refer to their friends as girlfriends, but I don't call you my boyfriend? That's a good question. I don't know uh, uh, that. And I, when I when I tell people, you know, this Vince is my partner. Yeah. I'm like, do people think that I'm gay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one always strikes me too. This is this is my partner. Uh, what does that mean? Yeah, hmm. uh, you know, business colleague or something. When we went to uh, the Castle Studios. Uh, he had used a word that wasn't partner that I had remembered thinking, oh, that was a good word. I should remember that. And obviously I didn't. Oh, I don't remember. Colleague, maybe? No. Might have been colleague. colleague associate? I think it was associate. Associate. I think it was associate. Maybe that's better than partner. Because, um, yeah, no one, you would never introduce your gay lover as an associate. <laughs> this is my boyfriend and partner, Michael Hutchinson. <laughs> that's we're not gay. That's right. We're total, totally straight. But girls can get away with it all the time. This is my partner and, you know, uh, a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Hey, although, girlfriend, what's up? Although it depends on exactly what they look like. Um, I uh, I had talked to uh, Jen and your wife, Carrie, last night. Jen was uh, still a little bit bent about the podcast and that I thought she was... Uh, <laughs> the short hair she, lesbian she like. Uh, she said, she was like, maybe next time you cannot be mean to me. Cause I was like, I heard you hate our podcast. And she says, well, you were being mean to me. I was like, I was very nice about it. I was, I said, you were just this absolute sweet person, but someone fucked up your hair. And as yeah, a result, we explained why. Yeah. And as a result, it was this, but I don't know. I guess people don't like, like it when other people talk about them <laughs> in any way, shape or form. So she was a little bent by it. Uh, but uh, then Carrie, your wife had popped in and, or popped up and said, well, I think that uh, Carrie, she's, Carrie, your wife, said, I guess they thought I looked like a lesbian, too. And I was like, no, I think you were guilty by association because she was so obviously a lesbian that any female in her vicinity must be a lesbian. Um, and Because lesbians don't typically hang out with, you know, straight people. Yeah. Lesbians. Not typically. Um, it's like. Uh, they're, they're in their own group. 
Yeah, usually. Um, it, we had talked about this my when I was talking about people who, a few weeks ago, people who choose to be lesbian or choose to be gay by choice. Um, and women who may prefer, like, if you're not attractive, you prefer the company of another woman who's also your same body type to make you feel good. Gay men, uh, I mean, you very rarely find gay women that are flamboyant. Where, what is, do we even hear that term, a flamboyant lesbian? No. No, not really. Gay men. just be butch, which means we go the opposite way. Uh, gay men typically love themselves, love other men, want to be perfect, love life, are happy, are just bubbly, thrilled, you know, with it all. Lesbians tend to seem to be more depressed. They don't run around with that flamboyant happiness. Not all. I've, I, I'm not saying that. I know some that absolutely are happy, fun people. But, um, and for that reason, you'll, you'll meet straight women who are friends with les or with gay men. You'll meet men who are friends with gay men. But on the other side, not many straight women and lesbians hang out with each other. And not many lesbians want to hang out with men. Lesbians love women and hate men. They, they, I don't know if they hate men. No, I'm not. I'm using this as an extreme. Men love men and want to be women. Gay men, I shouldn't say men, gay men love men and want to be women. So they want to be with men and they want to be with women. Gay women hate men and want to be with women. But they don't really like other women who are straight because that's not what they are. It's a weird, and this is a total generality because I, I so know that not everybody is this way. Um, but you see someone who is obviously a lesbian who is got the short haircut is wearing uh, the t-shirt jeans belt and you know, the steel toed shoes that I mean, there's a tattoo sleeve. Yeah. (laughs) That she's obviously a lesbian. Any woman that's right next to her, you just go, Oh, that's obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You get that guilty by association. Guilty by association. Associate with, but you see like, and I mean, any woman, even a hot woman, you would be like, wow, she scored her? Good for her. Like, uh, you know, she got herself a nice lip- lipstick lesbian. But you see a gay guy, and if the gay guy is walking down the street next to another guy that, you know, looks all metrosexual, you'd just be like, oh, they're lovers. But if he's walking down the street with a schlep that looks like me, you'd be like, oh, they're just friends. Look, <laughs> look the gay guy found a friend. You, you doesn't become guilty by I'm not guilty by association because I'm hanging out with, you know, a flamboyant gay dude. So, yeah, I don't know. Never really thought about that. These are things that these <laughs> are things that, these are things you think about when you're not drinking. <laughs> you you figure shit out like this out. <laughs> you look too far into depth on things. Hmm. So yeah. Anyway, all right. What else? Uh, I one of my friends. Uh, they told me last night that they're vegetarians. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, okay, because that'd be so hard. I'm like, if I grew up and my parents were vegetarian and I went through life being vegetarian, I could totally get that. Mm-hmm. But once having eaten meat, because mm-hmm. I think that cows are yummy. I do. Uh, <laughs> I love, I love meat. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how, how you could turn back and go, I'm just going to eat plants now. I, I, there's no way. It's like having sight and then being blind. You know, you, you know what you're missing. So right. I'd constantly be going, Oh, that steak sounds so good right now. I just totally eat a steak. And I don't know why I forgot why why they said they did it. They watched some film and that made them think that you know all med, red meat or all meat is bad. Blah 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 blah. Um, I don't buy into that. Uh, I've seen these images. People love posting them on Facebook. Um, particularly, well, the vegetarians and vegans on Facebook um, love to you know say, "Look, you're killing animals." Um, one of the ones that I like, I just saw recently was, is a baby calf snuggling with its mother and it's got a caption that says like, please don't kill my mommy or something like that. And I'm like, well, your mommy was raised to be meat. It's not like you wouldn't even be here if we weren't consuming the meat. Like we're not just out there to kill you too and make you feel (laughs) we're not exactly. (laughs) We're not just out there plucking, you know, this abundance from the wild. Um, we actually farmed these cows to, you know, for this use, but I don't know. I mean, people get caught up into that and they feel bad about killing animals to eat them. And 
I got no problem with that. I can't kill an animal. Yeah, I'm not killing There's it. There's no way I kill it, but okay. if you want I, to kill it and skin it and I'll cook it and eat it. I love Duck Dynasty and in those first uh f- first 5 episodes of season 1, they showed him kill- killing and uh skinning squirrels and uh frogs and you know, it was just disgusting. I mean, I, the aspect of the show, which now in the 3rd season they've really shied away from because it's easy to figure out America like we like to eat it but I don't want to see it die I don't I don't exactly. need to see that um and I don't have I I like the idea that this family they live off of the land you know they go out and they shoot a duck and that's what they have for dinner tonight um there's nothing wrong with that and they're very religious as they say grace at the end of every episode and I am completely not religious um even the I saw Phil one of the father on Jimmy Kimmel um, and he brought up religion and Willie, I guess spoke at a college and brought up religion. I mean, they're like thumpers, you know, they're, they're really religious. Um, but part of that and part of their relationship with God is, you know, you live off of the land that God gave you. Great. Good for them. Yeah. Um, I live off of the land that uh, the government and society has provided for me that someone else can kill that meat and put it in front of me cooked. Exactly. If I can go to the grocery store and get it, I'm, I'm there. That's the land I live off of. The land of Ralph's uh-huh. <laughs> and Vaughn's or Kroger. Thank God for capitalism. <laughs> Piggly Wiggly. That's the land I live off mm-hmm. of. Um, but yeah, I met a, a guy at work who is a vegetarian and I asked, I was like, is that because you love animals or hate plants? Um, and he was like, it's like, no, I love animals. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And then another day at work, uh, we walked by somewhere we were on our way to get coffee and he could, you could smell, they were cooking steak. Some, one of the restaurants nearby, it's in Hollywood was cooking steak. And he was like, God, that smells so good. I was like, I thought you didn't eat it. He's like, it still smells good. I used to eat it. <laughs> and so I guess it's the whole thing with why I don't eat anything from the sea. It's just disgusting to me. You see enough photos of animals being tortured to become your meat then you feel really guilty and bad about it but they're still going to get tortured so i might as well eat them i just don't look at those photos <laughs> uh, most of the time the photos are completely ridiculous and irrational and the um you know the i the ways that they slaughter so human inhumanely in in those photos it, it there's Look, they are moving thousands of cattle through. They need to do it quickly. They're not taking the time to torture an animal. They're and Temple Grandin has made it much less torturous for him. What has? Temple Grandin. What is that? She's a female. She's. You didn't see the movie Temple Grandin with Claire Danes? She won the Emmy for it? I don't know anything. I don't know what the fuck. You might as well be speaking a foreign <laughs> language right now. <laughs> Temple, Temple, Gr- Temple is a name. Temple, Temple Grandin? Yes. That's a... She's a human person, that is female a human person. Yes. So she was autistic. She shouldn't was Asperger's. We torture, aren't we torturing her by naming her that? Well, it was up to her mom. I don't, she's in her sixties now, I think. All right. So temple, temple, like grand things on the side of my head that if you push really hard, <laughs> will pop my eye sockets out. All right. What did temple do? Uh, she created, she got into this. You need to watch the movie. Um, but she devised all these ways. So we do not torture animals like the way they, the way they used to be put in to the, the stalls mm-hmm. before they were killed and all that. She's rearranged all that because she sees it like from a cow's, what she says, like a cow's point of view. Mm-hmm. She figured out why they're scared and why it's they moo all the time and stuff like that. And if you go with there's corners, so you can't see what's coming on. It's, it's pretty interesting. Anyway, she's uh, really changed the world of cattle do you, ranching. Do you see the animals get slaughtered in this movie? You do not. Oh, okay. But Claire Danes does a great, great job of her. Well, maybe I'll watch it. What's the name of the movie? Temple Grandin. It's named after her? It is. Wow, she's really fucking pompous and into herself, isn't she? Uh, I don't think she had much to do with it. I don't think she's like, I'm going to write a uh, a movie about myself. She's very autistic. I don't think she... She's still alive? She is still alive. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was an HBO uh, doc biopic, I guess. But yeah, Temple Grand- or, uh, Claire Danes won, uh, whether that be, it'd be an Emmy, right? Yeah. Yeah, TV is an Emmy. Yep. She won an Emmy for it. And Golden Globes, I believe, also. Cool. Can't believe you didn't see it. I did not. Is this, how and, and, is it? Uh, four years ago, five years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, it explains a lot about autism too. Uh, it's very interesting. Like you know, back in the day, they were like. I guess you show it to your students. I do show it to yeah, my okay. students. Um, yeah, so back. So you've seen it several times. I've seen it several times. I watch it over and over because right. I think it's a great film. Right. Because you're autistic. I'm. I am. But yeah. the way it explains, you know, the, the visual things and how you know, in one scene she's 
she's kind of off spacing out and the professor's like, you know, start getting on her about doing that. She's like, tell me what, what this page says. So she starts going off word for word, what the book says, because she's, and he's like, what are you doing? You're mocking me. How do you do that? She's like, cause I have pictures in my mind. Like, she's like, doesn't everybody just like take snapshots? And she went right to the page number because she's already looked at it and can read word for word from it. Well, that's photographic memory. That has nothing to do with autism. But autism is, is it, it is part of autism because aut- aut- the autistic mind can do a lot of that. Rain Man, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's Hollywood's version, but, you know, a lot of queens, definitely a lot of queens. I have never heard of autis- autistic people having photographic memories. You have students that are capable of this? Oh, yes. They can remember what's on I, uh, Okay. Did I tell you? My my son was on Price is Right, right? Daniels. He uh-huh. wasn't a contestant, but he was on Price is Right. He was in the, yeah, one of his frat brothers. Fraternity brothers, yeah. yeah. And we're coming back. We had this uh, a special ed track meet. I'm sitting next to one of my kids who loves um, game shows. Mm-hmm. He tapes them and watches The Price is Right. Mm-hmm. And this was, it got aired in beginning of February, and this was middle March, March 20th was when our thing was. And I'm sitting next to him and he's like, Oh yeah, I was talking about game shows and how he goes home, and watches prices. Right. I'm like, you know, my son was just on that. He's like, which one? And I told him, you know, he's part of fraternity and they're wearing this. And, um, you know, the kid won, uh, all the, the, the show showcase showdown. And I started naming a couple of things he won and he's like, yeah, he won and named off the exact amount of money that the guy won every product that he won, who he was on there with. Wow. I mean, it's amazing. He, and I, I don't even remember how much the kid walked away with. Uh, so he, one of Daniel's fraternity brothers, uh, he did. I don't. I didn't see the episode. He, he won the showcase showdown. Show he did. Um, so did he have to pay the taxes? What ended up? I happening? didn't ask. You I don't know. know. You don't, don't know, know the result. But he won a what a, a Range Rover, I think, and a barbecue, and he got the five thousand dollars because he hit the dollar spin thing. So how come Daniel and the other brothers haven't come back? Uh, I don't know. Like. Are they, I imagine they'll probably be back. I mean, they're San Diego State, so it's right. not like it's... If on Tuesday I went with a group of six guys and one of them made it on the show and won, on Wednesday I'd be back <laughs> with five guys. And then on Thursday I would be back with they four still have, guys. They still have class and work. Not when you win a Range Rover. That becomes a fucking priority for the week. Let's and go I think, to the I think he's right. selling that. I don't think he's keeping it. Yeah, because of the taxes. You have to pay the taxes on it, so when you can't afford it. Yeah, so I, I didn't ask about all that. Mm. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, the, our kids, I, I had a kid many years ago who was super slow. His processing speed, you'd ask him a question, like two minutes later, he'd come up with the answer. But if That's you like ask him, wife. <laughs> but if you ask him, like, what time this train left in DC, he'd give you the exact time of every train across the United States, what time they would leave. But just trains. Just trains. Like, but if you're focused not- on something. That's not in that. And Rain Man wasn't photographic memory either. Photographic memory is exactly what you described with a book. You can open up any book, whether you're interested in it or not, or any item or thing. And you, you're, you take a mental snapshot. And so you can recall what that snapshot but I can't, is. I can't, I can't re look at a book page and then do it. Neither can I, but there are people I, I met, I've only met one guy face to face that uh, he used to be manage a finance company that I dealt with 20 years ago when I was in the swimming pool industry. Uh, he had a photographic memory. You could hand him anything. It doesn't matter whether he had an interest in it or not. And he didn't have to read it. He spent like, I don't know, five or so seconds looking at a page. And then you could 10 minutes later ask him what was on the page and he could recite pretty much everything word for word sentence back from that page. Um, and to him, it was very much a hindrance that he his mind is plagued with a lot of these photographs and stuff that he, he does remember. Um, it, you know, doesn't keep him from functioning, but that's why they call it photographic. You can remember, you remember exactly what's there. Autistic, or at least the autistic people that I've met or you through you, um, it's more of an obsessive compulsive behavior about something. Um, you are obsessed with the game shows and the prices, right? So you are studying it and consuming it and just so involved in it. And can remember everything about it. Right, but then you put on an episode of Cheers, and then when it's over, say, what was the name of the guy at the end of the bar? And they're like, I don't know, because mm-hmm. it wasn't what they were interested in. Um, so, right, Temple Grandin, need to watch it. Temple Grandin, cool, what else? Anything else? We good? We done? Um, yeah, no, we're know. at one hour and four minutes, mm-hmm. so unless there's some other incredibly nothing. captivating story that needs to be told about black people or 
retarded people or gays. Gays. <laughs> Who else can we talk about? <laughs> Slaughtering of animals. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I'm Vince Roca. I'm Michael Legendson. Oh, you know what? We didn't talk about comments and suggestions. We should talk about comments and suggestions and where they should leave them on iTunes. I realized that a lot of my friends probably don't know how to leave a comment, a suggestion, or rate the podcast on iTunes. But they are afraid to admit that they don't know how for fear of sounding like an idiot. So for those friends, I devised a page on uh, on getconvinced.com that says rate. Under every podcast label, it says rate. So you can click on that, and then it gives you the instructions on how to rate it on iTunes and how to leave feedback and comments on iTunes. So for those of my special friends who didn't want to admit their specialness but would like to leave a comment, that's how you do it. You go to getconvinced.com, and at the bottom of the page, you'll see it says rate, or you click on any of the episodes, and at the bottom of the page, you'll see it says rate. And if you can't figure that out, then I'm still glad you're listening to the show. <laughs> it's uh, The show is like, what did you call it? Um, it's like books for your books for your ears or books for <laughs> books for the illiterate or something. Uh huh. Books for the illiterate. Yeah. All right. So, uh, with that, leave your comments, suggestions and, uh, whatever on iTunes. We hopefully will read those. And for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com.